Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 28th day of September. I'm your host, Paul White. When we went off yesterday on the podcast, we closed. We told you that coming up in October, just gave you a hint, the Apostles' Creed popped a few questions at you right there at the end just to sort of pique your interest. That's coming up on the 1st of October, where you're going to start a new series here on the podcast and let it take as long as it takes as we take a look at the Apostles' Creed, the history of the Creed, the purpose, the original purpose for the Creed, how the Creed is viewed today. I'm going to give you my personal take, my own life, and very limited history with this. And then we are going to work our way through what the Creed says. We're not working through it Um, And I'll give you more details as we go. I'm not working through it, trying to get you to pray it, recite it, or believe it, but just to lay out there what 1,700 plus years of Christian history has landed on and what relevance is it. I think it's going to be a fun journey. And for those of you familiar with the Creed, it might be a refresher course on things you know and appreciate. And for those who don't, this will be a good journey. So that's coming up beginning October the 1st. Today and tomorrow, we're going to play two more clips from a recent sit-down session, about a two-hour session we had with our friends in Chapin, South Carolina. I went into that meeting prepared to share a word, so I mic'd up. We actually ended up just talking. Now, the segment I'm going to air for you today is a portion of that word that I was going to share. I just went into it when the, when we had a soft spot in the conversation and I needed to fill some space and I had brought this idea and it really is about how there are things going on behind the scenes that you don't recognize that have to do with God shaping you, but it also has to do with the formation of the people around you. And we use the Apostle Paul and his three years in Arabia and his 14 years in isolation from the apostles in Jerusalem, not only as a way to see God form Paul, but as a way to see God heal the church that had been abused. I think this will be a lot of fun for you. I hope you enjoy it from our meeting in Chapin, South Carolina. You're going, whatever you're going through is, is a, you only see one side, okay? All you can see is what's right in front of you. You can't see the great picture you can we only really have a three foot view we don't have a 30,000 foot view it's that's why we say hindsight is 2020 because we know more after it's over with we go oh look where that happened and that happened and that happened and we we don't have the ability and God didn't give us the ability to know but if we can just realize that there's a long and storied history even in the Bible of where God is doing something in one spot and it looks like it's for one thing but it's actually for others as well. The best example I know, and this one really struck me this week, Saul of Tarsus is breathing out threatenings, the Bible says, against the church. All right? He's going to people's homes, knocking on doors with papers signed by his religious authorities to arrest Jewish people who are accepting this Jesus as their Messiah. This is blasphemy. And we got to put an end to this cancer. And how do you destroy a cancer? You attack it. And so Saul of Tarsus, the leading mind of his day, is on the war path. The church trembles at the sound of him coming up the path. 
It's pretty evident early in the book of Acts. They're freaked out. He successfully killed their best evangelist, stoned him to death in the street. He's on his way to Damascus and he sees Jesus. And Jesus says, how long are you going to kick against the thorn bush? You persecute my church, you persecute me. And he goes to one guy's house, Ananias, and he stays there three days. And Ananias prays for him. Some scales fall off his eyes. And Paul gets up and gets baptized, gets up and walks out the door. Now, you know, Ananias sends the word out like, hey, I don't know what these last 72 hours were about, but you're not going to believe who was just in my house. I don't know where he went and I don't know what he's going to do next. And he disappears for three years. He goes to Arabia so he can spend three years on the top of Mount Sinai because he thinks he's the next Moses. And while he's in Arabia, he receives, he claims from the Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the new covenant. And he comes back down. Now, can you imagine three years of silence in the persecuted church? Three years. He comes back and starts preaching immediately, three years after he left. Now, According to Galatians 1, he conferred with no apostles, which means after he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he goes to Ananias' house, he's baptized, he disappears. He doesn't go meet James. He doesn't go introduce himself to the church at Jerusalem. He just comes back preaching grace. And the church bristles. And the Bible says in the book of Acts, they send him away to Tarsus for 14 years. He disappears for 14 more years. Now, here's how I've preached that for a while, and you've probably heard me say it. It just wasn't Saul's time that sometimes you jump the gun a little bit and you need to listen to the Spirit and that the Spirit pulls you away to discipline you, to help you. I think that's true, but here's what I've missed. The church wasn't ready for Paul because, not because they were spiritually immature, they were hurt. And they were scared. They were abused. And he was their abuser. And you don't walk right back into the room with your abuser. There's got to be healing. And the Holy Spirit took Paul away for 14 years to teach Paul how to deal with real people. Go back to your hometown. Go back to the place where people know you and love you. Let the church heal. 17 years after he killed his last Christian, Paul comes back with the message of grace. You don't know what God's doing in you, but it's not just for you. It's for you. But there's also stuff going on around you. Because to the Father, you are of supreme importance, but no more important than the person next door. And he's doing something in the person next door as well. And I think if we can start to realize that all of this is happening, God didn't make it happen, but God's not going to leave me alone in it. But that it's not just me. All of the moves God's brought us through, the places he's taken us from Missouri to California to Georgia, sitting in this room tonight in South Carolina, I couldn't have passed, I couldn't have put that path out for any of those things and wouldn't have. But everything that I've thought along the way that God was doing for me or for us or for my son or for my daughter 
was indeed for that, but not just for that. All along the way, there were encounters with other people with, for whom God was doing things in their lives, in their hearts, in their homes. Same as this group. We are interconnected in a way that is completely unfathomable in the realm of the spirit. Um, and the father is working all of these things simultaneously. And if we can start to realize that, that, that we're not a cog in the machine, we're not just this thing, but we're a part of this process by which he does something in my life amazing and through that does something in my neighbor's life amazing. I think then we can start to see our daily encounters as meaning something. That the Holy Spirit has something to teach me in this encounter, but that maybe I walked across this spot for this moment as well. And also we can start to view our seasons of inactivity rather than God's put me on a shelf. He's not using me anymore. He might just be removing you from the scene because there's something else that needs to happen on the scene. I'm sure Paul for 14 years in Tarsus thought, man, I spent three years with Jesus at Arabia. I need to be in the, in the arena doing something. The Lord had to prepare Paul, but he also had to heal the church. Okay, I'll stop there. Good stuff. I enjoyed uh, that conversation we had. I'm going to do one more of these tomorrow. We had one more little segment there that I think might be of benefit to you, and then it'll be the essay on the 30th. I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless.